listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 92. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Partake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we answer a question on Air IQ Inc., symbol IQ on the TSX Venture, which offers an intuitive web-based platform that provides fleet operations and vehicle owners with suites of asset management solutions to reduce cost, improve efficiency, and monitor and manage and protect their assets. A listener asks us if the recent quarterly growth is sustainable in this profitable microcap which just hit 52-week highs. Our dog of the week is Bombardier Inc., symbol BBD.B on the TSX, the Canadian transportation giant which creates innovative and game-changing planes and trains, at least when they can finally get them delivered. The stock has dropped over 30% in the past week after cutting Q4 guidance and saying it may need to pull out of its joint venture with Airbus to build commercial jets, because rising production costs threaten future returns on the investment. The stock is off 56% from its highs this past year as well. Our star of the week is TerraVest Industries, Inc., symbol TVK on the TSX, an industrial company that manufactures and sells goods and services to various end markets, including energy, agricultural, mining, and transportation. The stock was up around 13% in the last week, and up 45% in the past year. We let you know what is driving it and whether it is sustainable. All right, I'd like to welcome my co-hosts this week, Brennan and Aaron. How are you two doing? Doing great. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good morning. Good. Good. Brennan, you had a question for us that came in uh, from, uh, I believe, a client or at least a listener. Yeah, it was Uh, was a listener. that off to start? Yeah, so the, the question was, is he says that he's a little bit of a newbie um, and he just ended up buying uh, his first few Keystone recommended stocks um, and he didn't use a stop loss and he said that he's feeling a little bit vulnerable in the position. So he just wanted to, you know, get our take on, uh, you know, a, a stop loss. Uh, so, so yeah, what, what's your guys' take on it? Sure, I can, I can start and Ryan, you can add comments afterwards. So a stop loss, just for, for everybody's information in case some people aren't familiar with it, this is when you put in an order with your broker to automatically sell a stock um, if it declines by a certain amount. So you could put in a stop loss at 10% below um, the current price and theoretically limit your potential loss to that 10% because if it goes below the 10%, uh, it automatically um, is sold um, at at the market price, so you, so you could lose more than ten percent. But theoretically, you're you're limiting your loss. Our view on the stop loss: in some cases, it can work for some investors. We're certainly not opposed necessarily to to 
using them. However, what we have found is that it does using stop losses um, is not really conducive to um, using our research and using our services. So what I mean by that is that we stop losses are a way of mitigating risk. Um, but the way that we mitigate risk at Keystone is by doing diligent research. So by understanding the companies, digging deep into them and building, helping our clients build portfolios of 10 to 15 to 20 individual companies that are in different industries, um, have different risk factors, but that are all good, high quality, cash flow positive businesses that are growing. Now, some of those companies are not going to work out. Um, but with diligent research and by mixing uh, companies into a portfolio well, uh, over time we have found that that the portfolio performs um, quite quite well. So the issue with using a stop loss is that, and this is particularly with small cap companies, is that you may get some of these small cap companies, they can be quite volatile in the short term and you may get stopped out of a very high quality stock that later goes on to, to generate tremendous returns. And we've seen this happen before. Um, now, if you're the type of investor who is constantly watching your, your monitor, constantly watching your brokerage account, and you're, you know, you're getting stopped out, and then you're able to get back into a company um, as it rises above a certain threshold, then maybe the stop loss makes a little more sense for you because you can be a little bit more, more nimble. But for, for our research, what we like to do is simplify things. We don't want our clients to have to sit in front of their computer screens on a daily basis trading stocks. We want them to be able to enjoy their lives, do other things, and maybe check in with their portfolio once a week. So to simplify this, we focus on the research. We focus on high-quality companies. And we look at a midterm time horizon, so one to three years, and we're not that concerned about a company being volatile in, in, the, in the short term, like say over the next six to, to 12 months. We expect, particularly in the small cap research, we expect to see that volatility. So while stop losses can be useful in some cases, they really kind of work against what we do and combining Keystone's research with stop losses and other trading strategies like technical analysis um, really kind of uh, creates a situation where you're working against, against yourself in a lot of cases. So that's what we would warn uh, our clients about. Now, if you are going to set stop losses on small cap, thinly traded companies, you have to set them quite low. You can't set a, a stop loss 5% below the current price or even 10% because um, small cap companies can be very volatile and you could, you'd easily get stopped out of a company with um, what we would consider to be moderate volatility for small caps. And Ryan, I'll, I'll let you add some comments as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you some real-world examples to, to hit home on, on a stop loss. I mean, if, if it really makes you feel comfortable, feel free to do it. Our recommendation would be to not. Um, I'll give you an example. A stock, Expel Inc., we recommended two and a half years ago, trading at 142. So if you set a traditional 10% stop loss on that, uh, the company went as high as $1.60, but it came down to as low as $1.20 within six months of uh, the recommendation. So you would have been stopped out of that stock uh, at a 10% uh, decline in the $1.20, $1.25 range. You would have been stopped out of that stock 
Um, they subsequently, uh, about in March, after we recommended them in September, came out with a tremendous quarter. The stock immediately jumped to the $253 range. So for you to buy back in, if you were looking to stop out and buy back in, you would have already you know, missed out on 100% plus gain on that stock. Um, the, I mean, the, the stock is up 1,000% in the last two and a half years. So you take a 10% loss and you would have been up 1,000%. You need those tremendous winners in your portfolio. What we would recommend is uh, if there was an issue with the underlying business, that is when you sell. Do not sell because of an arbitrary fluctuation in the share price. Under this method, you will have some stocks that we recommend or that you buy that you will lose more than that 10% in. But if you have a stock that does 500, 100, or 1,000%, it allows you to make you know, have some mistakes, make some mistakes in your portfolio, but you still get to benefit from those tremendous gainers that bring up the overall uh, uh, gains in your portfolio. Another real world example would be the Boyd Group. Uh, after our recommendation at one point, it was down over 10%. That, you would have been stopped out of that company on the initial recommendation. Now, that stock is up over 8,000% over the past 12 years. You do not want to be stopped out of a great stock because of an arbitrary fluctuation in the price. Now, we could see if your strategy is, if you were up 100% on a stock uh, and you thought, you know what, I'm very happy with those gains, I'm gonna set a stop loss or basically a lock-in profit order at that level. And if the company tracks back, you lock in your profits. You, you, know, you could lock in even half of your profits on that company at that price. But we do not recommend putting a stop loss, particularly in the range of 10% on a uh, company that we continue to recommend as a buy. We would sell it if there is something affecting the underlying business of the company, not because of uh, a fluctuation in market price in the near term, because stocks in the near term for a number of reasons can move higher or lower uh, that have nothing to do with really the fundamentals of the business. Uh, over the long term, they are going to be driven by their fundamentals. So hopefully that helps on that question. Keep those questions in. We will ask questions on anything, any strategies out there. Um, and uh, keep asking your questions on individual stocks. And we're going to start that off this week with our Your Stock, Our Take. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold on Air IQ Inc. I'm going to handle that. The business is Air IQ Inc. Like I said, the symbol is IQ on the TSX Venture. Currently trades at around 30 cents. It's a true micro cap situation. Under $10 million in market cap, about $9.2 million right now. What does the company do? Well, Air IQ offers an innovative web-based platform that provides fleet operators and vehicle owners with a suite of asset management solutions to reduce costs, improve efficiencies, and monitor, manage, and protect their assets. The company's services are available online and via a mobile app. Now, let's look at the financials of this business, which is where we love to start. Uh, the company achieved increased metrics uh, about across all of the level of metrics here in this last quarter, its second quarter results. Uh, Q2 revenue increased 39% to 1.42 million. 
Recurring revenue was up 10% to 762,000. Hardware revenue jumped 98% in the quarter. Now, operating profit increased to 302,000 from, it was up around 96%. Net income jumped 258% to 240,000 for around 67,000 in the same period last year and its cash balance of the business increased. So, all great things. Now, if we look historically over the past, you know, from 2016 to 2019, for example, AirIQ grew revenues a total of just 11% over that three or four year period, uh, from 3.31 million to 3.68 million. So a very low growth rate. However, on a trailing 12 months basis, the company has done just over 5 million in revenue. So we've seen great growth over the trailing past 12 months. Uh, we do note that while total revenues were up 39% in the last quarter, recurring revenues moved just 10% higher. There was a very significant increase in hardware sales, and hardware sales for this business can be lumpy. We've seen good, strong hardware sales over the course of this year. Now let's look at a valuation perspective on AirIQ. The company's trailing or past 12-month PE is in the range of 22 and its price to FFO or funds from operations is the range of 12. Both of these are after we remove the cash on hand. Now these ratios are not too high given the growth we've seen this year, but are on the higher end of the scale given the lumpy, lumpy nature of the hardware revenues from the company that we've seen over the history of the business. Uh, we like the business and expect to see some increases in recurring revenues following the new hardware installs, but now, we expect continued quarterly lumpiness, and given the fact management provides no guidance in its quarterly numbers going forward, uh, we see the business trading at near fair value at present. There's certainly long-term potential here, but it does look at present to, that the stock is fairly valued in its current range. So this is, a, this is a situation really where if we were going to research this company further, you, you, you really have to talk to management. Um, you need to understand what is their strategy to grow their recurring revenue. Um, how much do they think? Just, just not a target, not guidance, but just like what? What is the potential there? What is the potential market for them to grow their their recurring revenue over the next three to five years? And how? What is different now over the past year um, relative to say three four years ago when the growth was was much less impressive? Because one thing, Ryan and We've been we've been around enough that we've seen it happen hundreds of times where you'll have this small, thinly traded company that puts out several quarters of really strong performance and then their revenues and earnings just just drop from there. Yeah, and you, you need that sustainability to drive a stock over the long term. The stock has certainly performed well over the course of this past year, but we would dig in further and look to see if that is sustainable. Um, Taking a step back, Air IQ has performed very well and certainly would rank, you know, in, well ahead of most companies on the TSX venture. It's a profitable business. Uh, it's growing right now. The growth rate historically hasn't been high, but it's growing right now. And there are good positive signs in this business going forward. And the recurring revenue is increasing. We'd like to see them increase at a little bit higher clip, but. Um, you know, it is one of the companies that, like we said, we profile in our upcoming cash-rich report. 
Uh, out of 3,500 companies in Canada, it makes the list of 70 on there. So there's obviously a lot of good things going on at this business. We just have to see, like Aaron said, if it's sustainable going forward and we're buying it at a reasonable price here. So we're going to move to our dog of the week. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. <laughs> have featured this company in the past as a dog. Bombardier Inc., symbol BBD.B on the TSX. Aaron, you're going to take that one. My pleasure. Bombardier currently trades at a price of $1.22 per share. It has a market cap of $2.9 billion. Most people are familiar with Bombardier. The company manufactures transportation solutions from commercial aircraft and business jets to rail transportation equipment. The company is headquartered in Montreal. It has operations in 28 countries and employs approximately 74,000 people. Revenue in 2018 was $16.2 billion, which was split roughly evenly between its aerospace and rail transportation businesses. Thursday of last week, the company's share price opened with a decline of 37% from the previous day after it released its Q4 preliminary results and update to its turnaround plan. There's been a slight recovery in the share price over the last few days, but the stock is still down 30% over the past week and approximately 75% over the past 18 months. What, what was in these preliminary results that caused such a drop in the share price? Well, the company announced that it now expects its Q4 and full year 2019 performance to be below its previous guidance. This is the third time that the company has reduced its guidance since the start of 2019. Uh, the guidance downgrade was quite significant as opposed to um, the company is expecting to report for the full year earnings before interest and taxes of approximately 400 million. Previous guidance was 700 to 800 million, so a big drop in guidance. The debt rating agency Fitch also cut Bombardier's long-term issuer default rating to triple C plus from B minus with a negative outlook. Fitch commentated that the cut was due to large sustained negative free cash flow. Looking at the company's financial performance based on the preliminary financials 2019 full year EBITDA or earnings before interest taxes depreciation and amortization is expected to decline 37% and the company will report negative $1.2 billion in free cash flow. So losing $1.2 billion in free cash flow. For Q4, EBITDA is expected to be zero compared to $370 million in Q4 of last year. The company also has about $9.3 billion in debt as of their last reported quarter and negative $6.3 billion in shareholders' equity. Our advice would be to stay far away from Bombardier. It really embodies many of the attributes that we work very hard to avoid. The stock is burning through cash flow, has massive declines in operating earnings, management lacks credibility, and the balance sheet is horrendously over leveraged. Many people will look at a stock like Bombardier and wonder if it represents a good turnaround story or if it provides value as a sum of parts investment. I would love to see the company turn itself around, but in spite of all of the handouts that this company has taken from government coffers over the years, the financial management and outlook continue to look horrendous. With respect to a sum of parts valuation, the company has billions of dollars more in debt than it does in assets and negative shareholders' equity. 
So investors would be likely to not receive a single penny if this company goes into bankruptcy and the assets are liquidated. In short, we don't like the company. We would avoid it. Bombardier is our dog of the week. I think it's a great summary. For me, uh, Bombardier is a classic case of a very poorly run company from a financial perspective. It is a capital pig, continually hungry for money. So Bay Street analysts love it uh, because the company constantly raises capital and their firms make money off the capital it raises. They will keep recommending it to what we call the unwashed public who buy this company, which is a terrible capital allocator, rinse and repeat, and the cycle continues. Um, It's a company that we've warned about many times in the past. They've gone through several cycles of turnarounds and bailouts. Uh, The business uh, just is not one that produces consistent cash flow over time that's going to drive the stock price. And uh, again, I'm not... I'm not surprised to see that uh, the company says it will need additional cash to finance the production of its A222 jets in Alabama. Um, Again, that's probably music to the ears to many of the uh, investment firms, the big banks across Canada. They can get in here and sell some kind of turnaround story in this business, uh, sell the shares to their clients and uh, make a bunch of money off raising capital from this business. It is not a company that we would place our clients in. We don't do investment banking work for any uh, stocks on the market. Uh, That would introduce a conflict. The only uh, thing that we want for our clients is them to make money over time. Bombardier has been a terrible money loser over time, never recommended, and we've actually recommended to avoid the stock. So hopefully that summarizes up this company well. I've got a question here. You know, with a company that just keeps trying to turn itself around time and time again, uh, continues to get subsidies from the government, but, you know, fails to, you know, move forward or seemingly, or yeah, it's just, it, it's floundering, you know, it, where is it going to go? What's, it, what's the company's direction? Does it just continue to, you know, like you said, go to the market and raise money and, uh, you, you know, make management happy, I guess, or does it eventually try to put itself up for sale? Um, you know, or, you know, does it just try to trudge forward? Like, I, I guess... What do they do? Do they eventually put themselves up for sale? Like, what's your take? My, my, what, what I'm thinking probably is that they wouldn't put the entire company up for sale. They would probably sell parts of it to reduce debt. So an issue that they're facing right now with respect to, fa- with respect to raising money is that the share price is so low, um, raising equity is going to be incredibly expensive for them. And the debt is so high that raising debt is also going to be incredibly expensive for them and they've been downgraded. So there's just not a lot of flexibility. Um, What they're probably going to have to do is they're going to have to do a major cost-cutting initiative. They're probably going to have to sell um, parts of the business so that they can uh, improve their balance sheet. And more likely than not, they're going to go back to the government, the federal government, the province of Quebec, um, with their hat in their hand and look for more more government payouts. Yeah, and and the federal government in, in Quebec, it's probably continually uh, called a strategic asset to Canada, and uh, there'll be political motivation to potentially bail out the company once again. We don't know if it's going to get to that stage at this point, but um, you know, the, if they're selling off assets, they'll probably have to sell off more attractive assets in the business. You know, it's not a great situation when you continue to build up debt. And, 
equity holders are left with the bill. Um, it's just a, a business that we, I mean, there's so many businesses out there that we can find that are generating great cash flow, have good balance sheets, can sustain any debt that they have if they have debt and are growing over time and shareholders are aligned with management. In this company, uh, we just haven't seen that. Look, there's some great employees. I'd love to see Bombardier be a tremendous Canadian success story. Um, you know, for, from some of the products that put out, it's put out over time, it's a success story in that perspective. From an investment perspective, that's just the way we look at the business. The company has uh, been a failure over time. And, uh, you know, it continues to do that with the losses that we saw over the past week. And that's uh, why it is our dog of the week. So now let's move to our star of the week. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. star. On a brighter note, we'll end with that. And the company is TerraVest Industries, Inc., symbol TVK on the TSX. Brennan, you're going to handle that one. You betcha. Okay, so TerraVest is currently trading at a price of $14.96. It has a market cap of around $255 million, and it pays a yield of 2.6%. So TerraVest is an industrial company that manufactures and sells goods and services to various end markets, including energy, agriculture, mining, and transportation. The company operates through three segments. Uh, Its first segment is fuel containment, which provides products and services to industries across Canada and the U.S. It's processing equipment segment, uh, which fabricates equipment for various end markets. And it's services segment, which performs well servicing in Saskatchewan. Now, the stock was up around 13% in the last week and up 45% in the past year. Uh, This has primarily been driven by a few acquisitions that it made and its positive financial results. So first, looking at these acquisitions, on September 3rd, 2019, TerraVest announced that it had acquired the assets of Countryside Tank, a privately owned Iowa-based company focused on manufacturing transportation equipment for the gas industry, as well as steel projects. And on December 16th, 2019, TerraVest acquired Argo Sales, a privately owned Alberta-based company focused on manufacturing wellhead processing and production equipment for the Canadian oil and gas market. Now, looking at the company's most recent financial results released December 11th, 2019, uh, this is for the uh, year end uh, fiscal 2019, so Q4. Revenue was relatively flat. It uh, increased around 1% to $80.3 million compared to the same quarter last year. EBITDA decreased 16% to $12.5 million compared to $14.8 million for the same quarter last year. And fully diluted earnings per share decreased around 14% to $0.36 cents per share compared to $0.42 cents per share for Q4 of 2018. Now, although these quarterly year-over-year figures do not seem impeccable, looking longer term on a trailing 12-month basis, revenue, EBITDA, and fully diluted earnings per share are all up by over double-digit percentages, showing a good trajectory in the financials of the business. Now, looking at the company's balance sheet, they have a net debt position of around $110 million and a net debt to EBITDA multiple of around 2.3 times. Given that it does operate in the energy segment, we would possibly like to see the net debts to EBITDA multiple under uh, 1.5 or you know even under 2, but uh, a multiple of 2.3 doesn't seem too unreasonable for a company in the industry. 
Now, on a trailing 12-month basis, the company is trading at pretty attractive multiples considering its growth with a price-to-earnings multiple of 11.3 times and an enterprise value to EBITDA multiple of 7.6 times. So management didn't provide any guidance for the upcoming fiscal year, uh, but they did state that while they anticipate the Western Canadian energy market to be challenged, they expect TerraVest's operating results for fiscal 2020 to be stronger than the prior year. This is or this optimistic outlook has been driven by strong demand for its storage and distribution equipment, uh, elimination of steel tariffs, and its recently completed capital project that will improve the efficiency of its petroleum tank manufacturing. Now, this isn't a stock that Keystone currently has under coverage, but given the company's strong operating results over the past couple of years, their most recent acquisitions and positive outlook for 2020, uh, it is certainly a stock that could possibly offer some value uh, if they are able to continue to grow like it has in the past. But to conclude, given its strong share price performance over the past week and year, give it our coveted status of star of the week. TerraVest is actually a company that I'm, I'm quite familiar with in our income stock research um, back in August, I believe it was, or July, we put out our dividend all-star report. Um, and what we did is we we looked at all 450 some odd dividend paying stocks on the TSX and TSX Venture Exchange. We drilled down into that and we we identified 30 companies um, that had superior overall fundamentals to the to the overall group, which we we set aside as our, our top tier monitor list and the report, the, the all-star report included um, in-depth research or research on each of those 30 companies. And then from those 30, we selected eight that um, we actually um, provided as, as recommendations, by rated recommendations. Now, TerraVest, they, they did get into the top tier monitor list. They weren't a recommendation, but they were pretty close. So I've been following the company for several years, and it's, it's definitely an interesting business. Um, one of the things that's a little bit um, little bit scary about it at times is that it is uh, an, an energy patch stock. But given the diversity of its, of its different business segments, particularly the fuel containment segment, it's actually been a relatively stable company over time and consistently profitable. And we've seen good growth and some intelligent acquisition. So uh, definitely an interesting stock and a good star. Yeah, it's not surprising to see it as a star with a good uh, share price return over the past year. I mean, it, of, of all the dividend stocks in Canada, it whittled right down to our monitor list. So, uh, you know, it, it screens quite well. And it's good to see that the stock has performed re, uh, relatively well or very well over the past year. So again, that's going to finish our show this week. Uh, we'd like to thank you for all your questions coming in. Keep your questions coming into our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we'll do Ask Us Anything segments as well now. Uh, ask Us Anything on the Market Week. Answer the stock loss questions week at the start. So keep those questions coming in there. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Brennan and Aaron, for hosting with me. And uh, wish you all, all of our clients and our listeners, profitable investing. Profitable investing. Thank you.